There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Rob? I'm feeling very flamboyant. No. And <laughs> this is because... The paintings of the artists we are meeting today. Mm-hmm. We've actually come over the bridge from Manhattan. We're in New York. Yeah. And we've come to Brooklyn. Bushwick. To Bushwick in Brooklyn. Correct. Thank you. And we're currently in a beautiful, very intimate studio surrounded by many, many paintings because the artist we are meeting today is about to have an incredible solo exhibition at the Whitney in New York. And therefore, we've come at the perfect time. The body of work is evolving in front of our eyes. There are so many paintings. There's about, I don't know, 15 works or something here. And they're all of different scales. So some of them are really intimate and tiny. And then others are much larger with group um, scenes of different friends. And friendship is a big kind of theme in the work. And also intimacy and tenderness and love and kind of camaraderie yes and also this idea of queer friendship which is a funny mm. coincidence because you and i have our own queer friendship we do have a very queer <laughs> friendship Rob. and the kind of uniqueness of that mm-hmm. so we would like to welcome to talk art salman Tor. thank you for having me guys Thanks of course how are you today us. salman good good yeah yeah where have we found you at this point in your studio so I'm kind of at the tail end of what I was doing for the Whitney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's one more work left to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually the studio is not this full. So you guys have come at a very, very good time. Yes, thank you. And I feel like often when we've gone to studios, mm-hmm. we either get there just as they're about to have an exhibition. So everything's left. Yeah. And like last night we did an interview in Brooklyn as well. And the mm-hmm. studio had like one new painting or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. a series of new mm-hmm. things. But it was all blank canvases. Yeah. Um, so it's really a pleasure yeah, to be here with... Yeah you know, all of these works surrounding us. So did you know for the Whitney show, when you got offered that, what you wanted to do, how many paintings you wanted to show and the theme? I had a pretty good idea because at any given time, I feel like I have about like 20 pictures in me. So on the I go. Know. Oh, in uh, you? It, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think about images that I want to work on almost months or even a year ahead. They start like fermenting in my head and... Uh, they're kind of recurring images. Yeah. And then I sort of make an imaginary little sketch of them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they happen kind of organically, one after the other. Um, one image kind of give, gives birth to the other one, okay. to the next one. So I knew thematically uh, what I was going to do. But it was a little bit hands-on because, um, I, you know, when I don't have a show or when I have more time to produce a show... Mm. 
I can do whatever the hell I want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, for the Whitney, they needed, you know, it was like uh, they we needed a list of sketches. There was a plan. Oh, right. I, needed really? To, so you had to specific. submit. You had to submit. Like. Yeah. So, I mean, the sketches were already in my diary, which is here somewhere. And so, you know, we chose uh, those the ones like together. So, yeah. Some of the sketches I had to fight for a little bit because I wanted those to be, yeah. those images to be in the show. Uh-huh. Do you sketch um, every day? Is that something you do? I try to. I used to do that a lot more as a kid because um, I uh, grew up, uh, I went to a kind of an all-boys prep school, um, very kind of sporty. in Lahore? In, in Lahore in Pakistan. Right. And, uh, you know, so I was, I did not like cricket. <laughs> I was very effeminate. I wanted to draw and paint. And so I didn't have very many friends in the beginning. Uh, and so I, drawing was a way of kind of making friends for me. Really? <laughs> yeah, I made friends with my drawing. Like I had little, like, you know, foolish little characters uh, that had voices. you voices for them as well? And, like, exactly. You so that was, that's them. one of my uh, earliest embarrassing memories. My father standing behind me, sort of like, he's sort of giggling. <laughs> at, like, because I was sort of drawing and giving voices to these little... Wow. <laughs> so you would animate them as you created them. Yeah, yeah. Do you still do that? Yeah. I mean, I not in the same... With the same enthusiasm, yeah. hopefully, but... Uh... <laughs> but like this painting in front of us now you're looking at, could you imagine the voice of these people that are in the room? This is... I feel like as I grew up, like, the images did become a little more sophisticated in the sense that I imagine, like silence more in that in that picture okay. than, than voices the noise is sort of created um with the um kind of energy of the brushwork uh, that to me is that i mean i guess it's like white not green noise in this right um but um in a lot of these new works that i'm doing there is um either like a, a i guess like the soundtrack would be like a pop song in someone's apartment uh-huh. um, or uh, a great silence, actually. Yes, yeah, so I, I hear music mm. when you see the scenes of camaraderie and people celebrating. It feels yeah. like they've, they've spilled out of a club and ended up right. back at your apartment. Right. Then they've put on Lady Gaga or... But you yeah, even yeah, had a yeah. work that was called Time After Time, which made me think of Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Yeah, yeah. And it that's was such a, a kind of evocative song. Yeah, I mean, because I grew up watching Romy and Michelle with my friends. Really, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. that was like a big... Um, kind of song uh, number that meant a lot to us and you know it is a story of friendship as well and uh, that is a theme that I like to focus on friendship. Um, yeah uh, friendships uh, uh, among uh, queer people um, of color or otherwise who are just you know who have intellectual and artistic pursuits and exchange ideas um, and um, have a kind of an unorthodox sense of family well, um, I was talking to Rob about this because there's a writer called Armistead Maupin and he's written a, a book called Logical Family. So it's like you have your biological family and then mm-hmm. when you're queer, you end up having your logical family. Yeah. You create a family for yourself. And yeah. I've been completely obsessed with Pose. I've been watching Pose at right, the minute. Yeah. And I just finished it. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. It's just incredible. <laughs> I so- sob every yeah. episode. But you yeah. just see that the way that how important that is yeah. within the community for people to... And I do yeah. think as well that there's something really special about the bond you can have with other queer people somehow because if you grow up feeling isolated in a conservative mm-hmm. community, which yeah. many of us have done, and mm-hmm. I think you did yourself, yeah. mm-hmm. um, then you sort of almost have these kind of secrets to share somehow. There's a kind of intimacy in a... Well, it's a shorthand. You know each other's sort of journey. Yeah. Absolutely, and it goes beyond culture. Is that what I really like about that story? Uh, is that someone in Utah can understand someone in Lahore. <laughs> you know, which right, is, right, right, right. Uh, 
And um, so uh, that... It's not like geographically, there's kind of no confined. boundary or... Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a very universal story now. And part of the idea of making work and images about it is to add it to the story of the humanities, uh, you know, and not sort of in a, a separate genre. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that is kind of where the culture is headed at the moment, which is a good time to be painting it alive. Yeah, totally. How did you find art in Pakistan then, where you were from? How did you discover that and what did you see? So um, I had, I made friends with a a bunch of people who were also artists and, um, you know, their parents collected art, uh, contemporary artists in in Lahore. So I, and they had, you know, kind of modern Indian artists in their house. So I got to see painting filtered, maybe even like traces of Western painting filtered through to South Asia um, in that way. And so I did, and because we were very close, I would end up at their house a lot of the times. Yeah. And so we would hang out there and And this is and what, when you were a teenager? It. Yeah, when I, was, when I was a teenager, we cared about contemporary artists in a way that like, you know, most of our school friends were just like, you know, yeah. what, what are you, why is this so boring? It's so yeah. stupid. Uh, you know, this is so rarefied, like who even cares? And um, so, uh, but... I think that we were kind of maybe had like old souls, like we just, you know, I, I guess um, we used to have this joke about how we were never really young. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So, um, you had a worldliness about you. Like yeah, a, yeah. We couldn't wait did. to grow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And now we, you know, like now in my mid thirties, I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to get any older. I'm like middle age. <laughs> That's so true, isn't it? I remember being yeah. like yeah. seven years old and like thinking what it would be like to be fifteen. Yeah. And then there was that mm. song like sixteen going on seventeen. Yeah. In uh, Sound of Music, and I was yeah. like, and I was yeah. like, wow, when you, you still listen to, don't yeah, you? Yeah, day, uh, day. No, I remember being a kid and thinking, in the year two thousand, I'm going to be eighteen. Exactly. Oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. And now yeah. you're like, right, that's that's like young. Yeah, girl. yeah. So like you know, and um, the I guess like the paintings will change as my as my experience yeah. changes. Um, when did you start painting them? I started painting when I moved from Lahore to uh, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I did not know very much about American culture before that, apart from the culture that is exported. And so when I went to Ohio, it was kind of like a a bit of a shock <laughs> because like I had only been to maybe New York once on a vacation with my family mm-hmm. and um, so after a year of uh, being confused um, I um, moved into a hippie commune for three years for um, and that was a whole lot of fun. And because... I heard about this because when you went to Ohio as well you found it quite conservative there which which also you you reflected on um you know, the conservatism in Lahore that you'd already experienced. And it was kind of a similar conservatism in a way. Yes, it was very comforting in the beginning. Right, interesting. Oh, it was, because yeah. you yeah. felt... Because there were a lot of family values, uh, that, you know, even maybe the biases were just like, somehow seemed very familiar to me. Mm. And uh, it was the culture of the younger people that I actually couldn't understand as much because I was coming from a traditional society. Yeah. Oh, that's um, interesting, yeah. And um, So how, how did you meet this hippie commune that you then moved into? There are lots of, uh, because I was taking art classes, I was going to be a painting major. Mm. Um, and that is when I started painting. Uh, I did not know very much about oil painting before then. Like prior to that, you were drawing. Drawing. Sketching. Yeah. That's okay. fascinating. So yeah. how old were you when you began learning about oil paint? Like 18. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, like not that young, but not that old either, I guess, for for the 
from a painting point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, you know, like I learned uh, by taking art history classes and I just became absolutely obsessed with um, with with European um, painting. Traditional uh, painting, Traditional yeah. European painting of the 18th century, the Baroque, early Renaissance, whatever. Like I wanted to go through all of those stages myself. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, there were a lot of like... Uh, uncomfortable questions that like came up later. They were just like, you know, but why? Why would you want to do European painting? Why don't you do? Why don't you do like something traditional from your culture, or whatever? But that didn't really stop me because like it was just. Uh, it's. Uh, it. I feel like it's it's a great um, love of of the stories that can be told through um, oil painting that mm-hmm. bring people together and um, the kind of the sort of the sight of like so many uh, um, paintings telling uh, and like uh, simultaneously telling all the stories of a culture really, really appealed to me. And I wanted to recreate something like that um, mm. uh, about, around my um, own story and similar stories. And also I think isn't there the kind of issue as well of the exclusion of kind of queer men of colour mm-hmm. or people of colour in art history anyway. So so you're managing to Did you somehow... discover that as you was research, as you was looking at everything? Yes, exactly. I mean, some of my friends would say, well, you know, you love Van Dyke, but, you know, Van Dyke might have, like, really uh, awful views about, you know, people from... Uh, like, if you were to go back in history, you would see that the people whose skill and, like, whose power of persuasion and pictures that you love, uh, their opinions would be so awful to you and um and you know that is something at one point I had to grapple with um so you know I would look this way and that and try to like figure out how to make this work and like Mm. um but I really that didn't it wasn't persuasive enough for me to stop loving um the kind of um, style yeah the the style you're reasserting your own narrative now in the traditional paintings that should have been there then? Do you feel like you're creating what was missing? For sure. Um, I Yeah, I really like the idea of a direct um, narrative, um, uh, you know, and the, I work kind of differently from those artists in the sense that all of these pictures are imaginary. So there is no model, there is no, uh, you know, reference apart from my own drawing, which is also imaginary. Uh, and so what I... You know, this is the this is their gift to me in a sense. Like what I learned from copying the masters for a really long time, mm. uh, helped me recreate uh, to create uh, an imagination that was very vivid. Um, I think that it helps people to imagine to look at the hordes of treasures of pictures and uh, and, and museums. But you started off learning how to paint figures from life classes right in Ohio oh for sure in the hippie commune people didn't wear a lot of clothes yes 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 so that was great like you know like I had free models all the time and they would let you wow so you had like a domestic kind of life model yeah life models lots of beautiful long hair pastoral ideals it was all it was you know so like it really kind of bled into the kind of painting that I was looking at and I was like that's great what a great connection um even though I think that it was um you know um I guess like superficial at a certain level right but on, even on the surface it was a very profound connection for me wow so to, after ohio yeah you came to new york i came to new york in 2006 i worked in an office uh, i did marketing for an art magazine which has since um Folded. retired is that yes. your fault or? <laughs> <laughs> no, no i think it was its own fault it was selling um 
yeah, a space to artists, and I was marketing that space for them. So I had to go through hate mail in the morning, uh, and for like you know a couple of months that I was working for them, and that's when I decided I was never gonna work at a desk ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so um, I did that for a year, and then I went to Pratt in two thousand seven. Right. And how was how was your experience at Pratt? Did that change everything? It didn't. Uh, bec- oh. <laughs> I mean, in the sense that I was I, I was a really stubborn person. I think that I, it would help me more now if I went there because I'm a lot more open at the time. Like I was still stuck in like you know sixteen, seventeen. I was just like I just, you know like everything should be candlelight and like <laughs> like I want like a plumed hat uh, and but. Um, what do you mean, 16th, 17th century? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I I was obsessed with, the like, the techniques of painting then, how people live then, what do they wear? Like, um, yeah, and, you're talking about what they wear. That Fashion is such a huge theme, motif, that runs through your for sure. works. The characters are always yeah. so well-dressed. Yeah, uh, they're chosen, like, I really choose items of clothing for uh, the characters, like, they're dolls, in a sense. So, um you know, like a, a character can be a bit threadbare. Um, uh, and there are sometimes fashions that I like or already have in my wardrobe, sometimes fashions that I would like to do but don't have the guts to <laughs> in real life. What, like what, what label, like what brands do you like? What labels are you, do you look towards for your characters? They all feel very... Um... Loop, they're kind of loosely fitting silks and linens right. and it's all very natural fibres. Like, and satin as well. Satin. Satin. I mean, that's the choice of satin for me is not because of any contemporary brand. It's more, uh, I guess, exploring textures and the way that, uh, in a very traditional way, I guess, like a lot of sumptuous uh, traditional painting have, has to do with the texture of fur, the texture of satin, like the texture of skin next to it. You can almost feel the temperature in wow. the painting. There's such an allure, isn't there? And there's like a sen- sensory it's kind of tactile. element when you're looking at your work. Like you, you can feel like you could reach out and touch that feather boa or something there mm. or like, or, yeah. you know, like the sur- the surface of a bomber jacket. Right. Like you can imagine it, how it shines. And, and how it feels on feels, the Feels, exactly, yeah. And so, you know, sometimes the characters have the opposite. Like their, uh, you know, their um, materials may be a bit threadbare, a bit uh, yeah, So there's a character here with a, Kind of hole in his knee, yeah, and then stitched up, stitched up yeah, on the other yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes I use the brush like a a pen. Sometimes the brush is used like a brush, and um, so you know, fashion is definitely something that I am attracted to in pictures because uh, when I was doing the very traditional work, I felt like um, the frivolity of it was fashion was part of that, and um, I kind of like that. I think it's a, it's a, it's a moment. Oh God, yeah, it's very unique to yeah. you. It's and actually, I think I like the fact that it's not well-known brands. You know, it's not like fashion. If you're thinking of like Gucci or these you people, reckon, it's not right. It's not, yeah, it's not recognizable because yeah. it is this imaginary but it's world. It's also lived in. It feels like it's, it's yeah, the, the right. character just sits in the character's... And like even that guy there who's got like yeah. a kind of pink or magenta hat yeah. in the middle, like it looks like he's been wearing that hat for a number of years. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's yeah. his favourite hat yeah. or something. Yeah. It doesn't feel like just something brand new or... Yeah, you know, I mean it's a thrift store find. These a are thrift, thrift store, They're yeah. thrift store finds. So do you ever buy the actual clothing and use them as models? So no, like I mean, I for like I, I don't have a plumed hat yet. I'm looking right. for a, the right we're one. I have a hat... One. 
but I'm looking for the ostrich feather or whatever. We're going to find you one. <laughs> or maybe it will find you. Yeah. I believe in things like that. Like See? it will come into no, your life no, at the I, right I, time point. I have wanted to find the right one, but I have not had time in the but last three months. I've just been in this room <laughs> for so the you, last three months. You say you uh, these are all imaginary scenes, but mm-hmm. do you paint from memory and how autobiographical are some of these? Because there's a painting that's very moving mm-hmm. called The Beating, which yes. I've seen recently. Yeah. Could you talk about that? I was really touched by that work. Thank you. Um, I'm, it was a bit difficult to do that. Uh, it, it, you know, partially, sure, like a lot of the work is uh, partially autobiographical and definitely based on memory. And because it's imaginary, I, it has only to do with the things that I know about. Nothing that I don't know about is not, it's not in the picture, which I like that sort of like automatic editing. Um, but uh, that particular picture that you're talking about, the beating, is uh, uh, based on a memory. And, um, it, you know, like I wanted to kind of go um, not be oblique about it and go uh, straight forward into the narrative. Um, and maybe, in a sense, focus on the peripheries of uh, the image rather than... Um, too much in the center of what's actually taking place. So, like, the foliage and the trees and the car. And I feel like that happens in moments of trauma to people. Like, they kind of latch on, actually, to uh, other details that are not part of... So I was trying to explore that idea. But this is something you witnessed in Lahora? Yeah. Right. God. And it's interesting, this idea, I think, um, especially in with in minority groups Mm -hmm. often the kind of intolerance and the you know for the gay or queer community Mm -hmm. kind of homophobia and like racist attacks or um you know the the physical kind of violence and also um even domestic situations of violence or like Mm -hmm. sexual assaults or things like that Mm -hmm. and for me what you just described is exactly why the painting touched me so much and i haven't even seen it in real life i looked at that painting for an hour like in in my i was in bed and i actually i think i wrote to you or wrote a message or something because i was so touched by it and it's exactly what you're saying it's Mm. that idea of the um the the color of the trees or the way Mm. the trees are blowing in the wind and the psychology of the, those tiny, tiny the details. The is peripheral right. to the scene. You know, you because can if see you're it's ex- going on, but yeah. you've got the rest of the scene to sort of take your your sight away from because it's right. too And also the helplessness. Right, yeah. yeah. The helplessness, not even of the victim, but of yeah. the people, yeah. like the friend at the door or something, like on, right. the, on the porch, yeah. Yeah. like wanting to help but not being able to help. And right. this kind of, I don't know, it's just a really powerful work psychologically. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I mean, there's, there are some things in that work that recur in other paintings. Like I think the idea of humiliation and passivity right. is something uh, that happens in the single portraits. There's an inwardness. Uh, which is can be read as um, a kind of, I guess, like inward meditation, but also um, a passive pose, which so that the a presentation which is um, passive, so that it can be judged by whoever is looking at the picture, right? And putting the viewer maybe in the a seat of the gatekeeper uh, of you know a person whether the subject should be allowed to pass through a border or not, or like based on what. And mm. so, so you're talking about that, that, yeah. that when Trump's Muslim ban mm-hmm. came in, that, mm-hmm. that affected your work in a big way, right? Yeah. I mean, I, um, 
felt very rarely have I felt like personally attacked by world politics. Because like you're Muslim, yeah. Uh, I was raised Muslim. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, I think that the rest of it is like maybe debatable, but um, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it it um, I was already planning to do this work. It just gave the work more meaning to me. To more kind of urgency. Urgency to put it out in the culture. Um, and the response was also um, an urgently um, positive one. Mm. Yeah. Because you have these characters and they're, they're like a queer bohemia. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would assume that they were Muslim, some of them. And when this mm-hmm. Trump Muslim ban came in, the characters yeah. are kind of like quaffing back martinis, like, fuck it. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah. We're here. It's not, not, we're not going anywhere. We're here, we're queer, yeah. and we're going to have a good time. Yeah. And it feels like they're all really yeah. learned and very, there's a vulnerability, and right. there's a, but there's also a lot of power in yeah, your... Yeah, totally. And, right. and the word I, that really struck me that I've heard you mention before is dignity. And the sense of dignity mm-hmm. and str- strength from that. Yeah, dignity and glamour through uh, and, uh, a knowledge and a love uh, for the arts, which always uh, goes across borders and cultures Mm. um uh, you know that's something that i like to imbue uh, a lot of the characters with because i think my own life is like that my friends are all into it and so um there is a an oscillation between the power that that brings uh, the sense of power that that brings and sense of beauty and uh, also um a kind of passivity i guess in Mm -hmm. the face of uh, or even humiliation in the face of maybe events that are out of your control or mm. like or um all the necessary uh, judging of people crossing borders and mm-hmm. how how that works mm-hmm. um and what is the the effects of that encounter mm-hmm. um uh, a reduction of the self to yeah. the basic sort of uh, documents it, yeah. scholars um and uh so i think some of the pictures try to investigate what that what that what that means and what what the inside maybe feels like. It's an inner self portrait, I guess. It's not something yeah, that actually the, looks like me. They're, like, they're, they're very interior. Yeah, I mean, you can you, these people have. Yeah. You can read them. You you, yeah. you know what they're thinking. Of and actually, them. like a if you have that idea of being at a border, yeah. and yeah. you're being checked, and you you have to check. open up your bag or your suitcase and then lay out all of and your take belongings off your from inside and take off yeah. your exactly. shoes. They yeah. kind of that you know we all might have experienced things like that in yeah. very small ways. Yeah. You know, from like going through mm-hmm. you know security checks or all that yeah. kind of mm-hmm. stuff in airports or whatever. But there's something so kind of it really it just gets me in the gut. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of like it's a reading of self, but I I definitely want to uh, point out that it's not like a criticism of the process because the people doing it are doing their job and their yeah, job yeah, is yeah, pretty frustrating. But yeah. um, having said that, I also want to stress that that encounter uh, really leaves an inner self-portrait inside um, the people crossing and even who get to the other side yes and in some of these pictures i wanted to get you know like maybe have the viewer make um um an uncomfortable decision between two different slightly different people of color Mm. you know maybe one is slightly threadbare one has a beard the other one doesn't the other one looks maybe more westernized Mm -hmm. um and so those decisions you know become so heavy uh at, uh, do you feel a responsibility when you make them now? 
when the, when I make these Paintings, images? Like, do you feel a responsibility to like the narrative that you're telling? I feel a responsibility to myself. And so in the sense that I I try not to represent anyone but myself. Got it. Uh, because I, I feel like otherwise it's, <laughs> it's, it can get dangerous really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also it's, it's uh, only meaningful when, I, when, I, uh, when the pictures come from a personal, a very private place. Yeah. And uh, in the process, I, I end up making myself a little bit vulnerable. Um, and, um, Is that a good thing, though, to, for you to feel vulnerable when you're making the work? Do you feel like it's successful then? Yeah. I mean, first, in the studio it is. <laughs> Time will tell what that means, uh, like in the, in the world. I know mm. in the studio it's really rewarding because it gives, uh, it brings a lot of pleasure and meaning. Mm. Um, because there is a sense that this is real or like this is coming from a very, very real place and it's going to, it exists in the world now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yes. Uh yeah. So talking about your studio practice, mm-hmm. you've got the Whitney show coming up, so you've yes. got the pressure of that and you're making work, but how often do you come to the studio and how long does it take for you to create work? So I only work at, uh, on one painting at a time right. and uh, never multiple. So it's a completely emotional attachment. I am kind of a workaholic. If I don't, if I don't paint for too long, mm. I become cranky. So I don't go on holiday for like more than 10 days. <laughs> really? So you have to be making? I have to be making. But you'll so take a like sketchbook a... with you on holiday. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to like, let's say if I'm going to like a country where there are like great museums, I'll stay there for a month. <laughs> but if it's a beach holiday, I can't do it for more than 10 days. Love that. <laughs> yeah. So need to consume culture, like uh, especially in the form of pictures um, and uh, historical pictures, if you will. Um, so a painting would take you how long normally then if you're working on one at a time? Completely random. Sometimes it's uh, a large painting can come out really smoothly and um, there are no sort of editing, very few edits. And, and you know, whenever I, that happens, I just feel like, wow, I can just like, now I can do anything really. Like I've really empowered, got yeah. the handle on this now. And yet now, you know, like I know that that's not, true because I do the next thing and it's like it's totally like starting from scratch I run into always run into problems that I didn't foresee and like what like what like for instance like a lot of these the faces on the uh on the characters have been changed at least three four times every single one of them 
like <laughs> there's usually like a face underneath the face on top because I just I have to it has to be the right one. So when they X-ray your paintings like the old masters back in the day, <laughs> yeah. they're going to see all your work. They will. They will find, and sometimes the paint is really thick, so you can actually see the face underneath because like the paint was very thick under under the um, the latest layer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I spend. Um, the whole day painting, so I'm done usually by six, seven. Then I meet my friends for drinks and dinner. Always. And natural light, or do you, do you like working with strip lights you've got in here? Or uh, I like working with tube lights. You do? Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. See, that surprises me because yeah. I read that you loved lamps and obviously candlelight, sort of yeah. within the work. Like, yeah. and yeah. you kind of had a, a passion for this idea yeah. of that kind yeah. of lighting. Yeah. But then I guess for actually the practicality of making, you need a different kind of light. For sure. Like at home, for instance, like if someone turns on like the overhead light, yeah. I actually like give a screech. I do I'm too. Like, oh my god! It really know. resonated with me when I'm I heard like, that. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. I'm just like, oh my god, no, please. Turn that off it's just you know like it, that i only turn that on for like five seconds if i'm looking for something yeah trying to find your passport or yeah, trying yeah. To find your keys yeah. yeah so you just mentioned editing yeah and that really resonates with me because these film like feel like film stills to yeah. me mm-hmm. does film ever play into your creating probably because i, I am a huge soundtrack consumer so like i what, a film soundtrack mm-hmm. film that's soundtrack. interesting because yeah you can you can feel sound. Yeah, in these I words. love horror movie soundtracks, especially really. Horror movie. Yeah, I think like, like the La Hoo- like La the La Shining soundtrack is great. Well, when you listen to that while you're working, yeah, no, yeah, well, no, but the Shining soundtrack the is like actually kind of like a really dark, like bark number. <laughs> it is kind of it's a very uh, it's uh, it's great for painting. So that must uh, really affect the work. Yeah. So yeah. do you find but, when you listen to like horror movie ones, you're going to the darker psyche of yourself and exploring Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I was listening to a horror soundtrack, especially when I was doing this. I thought it really worked for me. Uh, you know, there like there I, is a kind of supernatural vibe, though, in them. There's a kind of, like, green light well, a lot like of the ghosts. time. They're ghostly yeah. at times, aren't they? Right. And they're it made is, into we, the background. Are they there? Are they not there? Are they and witnessing we met, um, from the past? Or are they present? We met Cheyenne Julienne the other night in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and I was talking to her about this idea of light in her paintings. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at yours, I was like, well, you also have this really unusual kind of light and twilight yeah. and kind of, like, it's like an in-between time. It's I, like a time that you can't quite capture. Totally. I totally respond to her paintings. Really? Uh, some of them... Um, that are, have like sort of like coming in with this like yeah, girl is lying in bed. I absolutely love those paintings. Um, so the idea of flight is is very close to me. There's something um, kind of ethereal, kind of poisonous, kind of glamorous about 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 green. It was a completely aesthetic choice uh, uh, that I kind of chanced on maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, there is a painting at Marianne Boski. Um, on right now yes. that was the first green painting that i ever did and no yeah uh, so that was that the, all the rest of them are trying to like and attempt so to be as good as that a, a visual a, a, a visceral feeling yeah. when they look at that yeah, yeah. Like i went there I, and it was... I often find green paintings generally quite yeah. challenging i don't yeah. always enjoy the experience yeah. of looking at green yeah. paintings and actually personally like red as well i find red paintings really i don't know what that's There's about green mm-hmm. but your green painting work i like connect to brought that from so green uh, does feature in traditional painting, not in such a poisonous degree, but like more sort of like uh, green umber. It's a very, very common um, kind of background color for most European paintings uh-huh. as for portraits and for paintings of like um, 
almost all dark areas in European paintings are, are kind of done with olive green, you know, raw umber, and those are very, very greenish hues. Um, but I was thinking more of a modern, uh, slightly more kind of absinthe-based um, green. And there was also a little bit like Slytherin-ish. Slytherin, <laughs> Harry Potter references there. Yeah. Your, um, your figures in yeah. the work yeah. have such a unique physicality and they mm -hmm. often kind of like almost bend. It's like they're melting. Like you talk about candlelight and you think mm. about candles melting. Yeah. Like if you look at the, this these figures here they're almost yeah. like these masks that are kind of somehow yeah. like melting like the noses and yeah. the well, that's quite macabre because there's a severed head in that one as well we we're looking yeah. at right yeah mm. was that the shining soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> no this this well this one required no soundtrack because it, it was one of the Freddy very Kruger, quick ones yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where does this come from this kind of physicality because it makes me think a lot of dance as well for sure. I feel like I'm dancing in my head a do lot. you yeah, yeah yeah and I love dancing anyway okay. so are you a good dancer I think so. Yeah. And what, what, yeah, what kind of dancing, yeah. what, when, you, when you say you like to dance, what do you mean? Like going to a club or, or do you mean more like ballet or what, what kind of dance I, do I you I mean respect? like sort of like club bob dancing, but like more not in a club because I don't, I, I don't, I don't really go dancing in clubs. There are a few bars where you can dance. Oh, and, really? Yeah. You prefer to dance in a bar? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> On the bar? Or? Uh, no, no, I don't think it's gone that far. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like dancing. And so, do, do you have a relationship with like classical dance, like ballet? Or I, I don't. No, don't, I, I've never no. been. I've never been trained. I and I, I, you know, like I, I don't follow it as much. But yeah. And what about things like opera? Do you like opera or not? Um, I mean, no, no. No, I don't okay, it's interesting. It. Yeah. So you, you, you've been quoted as saying you like to paint sissies. Yeah, you like to paint um, yeah, kind of more effeminate men. For you, are a subject that yeah. really inspire. What is what is it about the effeminate man that makes that inspires yeah. you in art? Um, I think it's a. I hope that it's a, a kind of an endearing character, um, and um, that's where kind of like the slouch comes from. I like that things don't look. Like, like people don't look like they're strong enough. <laughs> they're sort of like these slouchy losers. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Does that play into vulnerability again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, you know, because like that comes from the experience of going to school, you know, in a very macho uh, atmosphere yeah, and totally. not being at all macho myself. Yeah. Uh, eventually finding a community of people like myself. But... Uh, but I feel like it's an important story to tell um, because the nature of the masculine is is now changing. And um, so it's a very good time to be telling that story. There's also this idea of dreaming. Mm -hmm. um, when you look at a lot of them, they often have their like hands on their faces. They're, and they're sort of daydreaming or mm -hmm. thinking. But also this idea of the intellectual right. and the kind of literary or something, right. like the idea that they're probably like lost in a book. Right. Or And I noticed that talking about the things of like femininity within the male mm -hmm. or, or, or even just um, kind of camp, say. Mm -hmm. I noticed that in some of your paintings where you've had like floating shelf right. uh, paintings, mm -hmm. you have the books of Susan Sontag, yeah. who obviously wrote Notes on Camp. Right, yeah. And can you talk a bit about your relationship to her writing and, and poetry and, and also what, why you like to paint the actual book covers? Well, it's like, you, I, I want to jump in. It's like you want to make the characters academic. They're yeah. learned, they're academic, they're not stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're highly intelligent. Knowledgeable. Right. Yeah, right. knowledgeable. And they feel like they've got wealth, they've got money, they can support themselves so right. they can have a really lovely social life. Right, yeah. And so then sort of references play into 
that thing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like the consumption, like consuming uh, intellectual um, literature deliciously uh, and like books really, you know, turn me on that way. And um, You're a big reader? Yeah, I like fiction. Do I you like write? Non-fiction. Uh, I am working on a graphic novel, so let's see. Good. Well, I feel like you can write, because I want to see the movie of these uh, characters. Yeah, I feel like you so can write. The graphic novel is kind of about this job. Is it? Oh, yeah. fantastic. Look forward to that. Um, so so uh, why, why someone like Susan Sontag? Oh, I just love how regal she was. And, um, you know, just bored. And, you know, when I was as a teenager, I was just over her photo- photographs from the 70s, her essays. Um, and um, I guess, like, she... You, because even especially at that time, she gave power to uh, ways of thinking and being that had no cultural resonance otherwise outside the world of academia. Um, but inside it, I feel like there was a lot of dignity and power and glamour, and like it was. And so, uh, me and my friends sort of lived inside that um, world. And there was a kind of a little scene that is equivalent um, to that way of thinking, even in, in in Pakistan. So, yeah, they all feel like they're part of the same book club. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. all share the same books and they get <laughs> yeah. together and have a salon and discuss. Yeah, what yeah. They... yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. So yeah. there's a lot of motifs that come up in your work a lot. We see the smartphone. Yeah. So it's a traditional painting style, but mm-hmm. then we see the smartphone. Mm-hmm. We see uh, Netflix. Yes. We see like grinder hookups. Right. I think there's one called The Arrival. And before I really yes. realized, I thought well, it looks quite ominous. Right. And he realizes he's opening the door to a hookup, right? I, w- I was thinking of ominous. Oh, you was? Okay. I was. What about an uh, ominous hookup? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be a hookup, it could be anything really. But I, I was thinking of something, uh, uh, I guess, not pun intended, but biblical. <laughs> Like the prodigal son or something, like some story. Oh, right. Like because there are lots of, uh, I just love the idea of uh, of someone ar- arriving or leaving uh, through a portal. And like I just wanted to get into the emotional uh, part of that, um, which is why I think the person who's arriving looks maybe a little too Jesus-y. But <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, well, that's why though, I see. So right, it was right, right. like, you know, it was a kind of emotional goodbye or, or arrival. I ended up calling it arrival, but I, it could equally have been a, a goodbye. Um, and um, so, yeah, that's where that came from. And, and a lot <laughs> of those works um, are interior spaces, so mm-hmm. they're kind of private spaces. And you definitely get that sense of kind of... Um, the intimacy of the friendship and the gossipy kind of, or, or even confessional or somehow a sadness, like they might be, you know, exploring some deep trauma mm-hmm. or grief. Mm-hmm. And then you get that very close, you know, the closeness of the figures with mm-hmm. each other, mm-hmm. or even like a YouTube mm-hmm. moment where they might be playing a song and about to dance to a right. YouTube or, or song. Or showing or videos to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or... And that kind of safe space. Mm-hmm. And was that a concern of yours that you deliberately chose to paint those spaces? Or is it just an automatic thing that happens? It was automatic in the beginning that I was painting, I was kind of like in a, you know, interior decorating these spaces, if you will. I would just paint them. Uh, sometimes they would look like my apartment. Sometimes I would add like pieces of furniture that I would like to have, like thrifty kind of shabby chic. And, mm. um, a quite and, shaker style there is like. A right. So like it's just kind of threadbare and fun and, and uh, there was a real need for coziness. And it took me like a while, like once I had gathered a few images like that, that I realized that I was doing these for a deeper reason. And that was that I liked the safeness of them. Right. And that they were safe spaces. 
and I, quite nostalgic, you know, safe nostalgic, sort of the familiarism of them. And yeah. do they make you feel safe then? For sure, they yeah. make me happy. I think that for me, painting is definitely a way of summoning things that make me happy uh, most of the time. Wow. Um, it's a way of summoning, um, I, I, and it truly was actually a way of, uh, art was a way of summoning my friendships, um, which have been, uh, you know, that's so important to me in my life. Well, you're talking about friendships now, you're part of like a really tight squad yeah. that are really covering queer intimism yeah. in art at the moment. Mm -hmm. There's you, there's Doran Langberg, there's Louis Fratino, who yes. we've interviewed. We just what, interviewed what, is, Lewis, yeah. what does that feel like to be part of this kind of really important trailblazing mm -hmm. moment? I feel so lucky, so grateful, because, I mean, it's it's just incredible, I guess. Um, Doron is also a friend, um, and, um, you know, I love his work. I love that there's someone painted to talk you, about. Yeah, he yeah, has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a spur of the moment thing at his studio. I never thought that it would end up in a show, which I was so, I mean, I'm glad that it is. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's great. And what other artists do you look to? Because I heard that you love Kerry James Marshall's work. Yeah, uh, that was because in 2006, uh, when I had moved to New York from Ohio, there were very few figurative artists and also people of color working in the figurative world. Mm. There was um, Gary James Marshall, um, there was Nicole Eisenman, um, Gehinde Wiley, uh, and a few others. And so those were the people, those were the only people that one could look at at that time. Mm. Right. And so there was, when I saw his work, it was a great understanding of how to, um, of, of creating pictures creating around. Scenes, creating scenes. Creating yeah. scenes, how to create pictures, uh, and how people consume, really, uh, pictures to do with people of colour in this culture. Right, right, yeah. right. And are you a big, like, art fan in the sense, do you, do you often, like, seek out exhibitions and try and see a lot, or do you just try and stay quite solitary? I don't go to Chelsea all that much. There are a few artists that I go for, and they and they're part of the group that you mentioned. <laughs> and otherwise, like you know, they're, they're, I any kind of like big figurative show, I'll I'll go um, and see. Yeah, I've uh, when when I've described your work to people, I've said it's like the South Asian John Curran. How do you feel about that reference? Can I keep saying that? <laughs> I was kind of shocked uh, when you said John Curran though because I feel like his work uh, is so much more sexualized the painterly effect somehow. of it I'm not thinking about the subjects itself yeah I'm thinking I think about the painterly effect for sure like I oh I, and that's obviously he's one, he's one of the other artists that I looked at a lot because okay. he's an incredible painter yeah uh, but um, you know like I think subject wise like it's totally different yeah um, yes it's he's painting like sexualized women mm. uh, and you know he's a straight white man so that's uh, quite a different but talking about other influences on your yeah. wall here you have like postcards and pictures yeah. Yeah. uh stuck up you've got like almost like you pin them to the wall yeah so what what is that all about is that to have kind of history kind of moments of history there so you can yeah uh there are either random postcards of artists whose work i really like this is a uh, um about gorky there yes i love that painting yeah yeah it's beautiful um i picked um, out this little Balthus, um, Balthus. Uh, one from the, the MoMA. It's a large kind of street scene that he did, and I'm just obsessed with it. I just love looking at it. Um, and, um, and yeah, you know, because the characters are facing away from you, so you're seeing people's backs and their profiles rather than like a formal setup, like a portrait. Oh, that's very important to me in my painting. I, I really like that people are involved, like in the scene, that, that the narrative, in, they're involved with each other, and there is no. 
there's very there are very maybe one or two pictures in which people actually look out. Um, mm. the, there's no otherwise an engagement. If they're facing forward, they're normally looking down, aren't they? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about you, engaging. Yeah. Do you think of your audience when you make work? Um, it's been a bit of a challenge to throw that off, uh, mm. to not think about that mm. because there's a show coming up. But otherwise, I, I'm totally, when I'm working, I'm totally convinced that this is like playtime and this is not really, it's, com- you know, like it has to be fun and it has to be totally for myself. And uh, I can be pretty hard on myself in the sense that it's not every painting is acceptable to me. So that I finish. How do you know when a painting's done? <laughs> it's I, a million dollar know. question. Uh, I think it's like an intuitive thing. I know it's done. And and when it's not going according to plan, I it's very hard for me to abandon it. And I get really feisty for days if it's not like I'm just in a bad mood if it's not going when it's hard to control paint and it's not it's not always fun you know it's a uh, it's like a partnership it's like having I'm not gonna say a mistress a partner Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh it is an emotional relationship I totally uh you know I spend myself uh, on these one Imagine. more thing I just wanted to mention was, you know, you started to paint sort of exterior scenes. Mm-hmm. So often the location, I'll look at it and I'll be like, it feels familiar, but it feels completely not familiar. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a bit about that and how you construct the cities in your imaginary um, world that you've created? The kind of link between the past and where you are now and where you've come from. Like, because they feel like different locations in one location. Right, right, right. I mean, I hope that the, like like sort of hanging side by side that they they speak to one another and um that by sometimes like merging them together i can bring these two um cultures that are otherwise considered to be very far off from each other mm. into one kind of context and one larger So you have story. like a street in Lahore with a street in the East Village. Right, yeah. And then that merging them into experience. one place. Yeah, exactly. That is uh, part of my experience and that's not I feel like uh Americans could maybe benefit from from knowing uh, that story and right. to yeah. make to be able to know that you can make those connections which seem so really out of the way. You're creating your Bohemia. With yeah, all of your I hope so. You are, guys. and also it's a kind of like indifference. There is also similarities, mm-hmm. and that we all have common struggles or commonalities between us. So you can connect people, like in a way. Yeah, yeah, through the work. Yeah. So we ask every guest that comes on two very important mm-hmm. questions. The first one is, Ooh. if you could do an art heist, your touchstone artwork, you can steal it, you can live with it <laughs> oh, forever. And we can, we can help you, uh, we can get why. you a crane yeah. or a helicopter or anything <laughs> yeah. you need. Fortlift truck. <laughs> okay, so there isn't an artwork. There is an artist that I would steal from the National Gallery. Really? In London. Yes. Uh, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would take away all the Pontormos that they have. The what? The Pontormos. Pontormos. He, yeah, he's a, he's kind of a, he's a mannerist um, artist uh, from Italy. And What's the, a mannerist artist? Yeah. What is that? A mannerist artist is uh, it's kind of like a curdling of the knowledge that was gained during the Renaissance uh, of picture making and, and various classical poses. And so a generation mastered those, and then the next generation was so used to the, the poses that they sort of uh, started overdoing them in a way that, like, you know, people look like 
you know, they couldn't walk across a room because, like, they their, were so their anatomy <laughs> was, like, so... It was, like, they're made out of wax. Uh, so... <laughs> and the, the, the touch uh, in those paintings is so delicate that uh, I would like to bring them back to my studio and look at them for, like, a month. <laughs> and then give them back. Wow, because I was nervous for a minute. You meant like remove them because you didn't want them to be seen. Oh no! But you you, you, no, you want no. to take them because you love them. Oh no! I absolutely oh, I love see. them. Great. I absolutely. So when you love go to them. London, do you go there and sort of see them as a touchstone. Do you go and stand in front of oh, them. Oh, for sure. Like I go oh, to the Dulwich so nice. Gallery a lot. I go to the Dulwich Picture Gallery. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's such a fit. I mean, I absolutely love it. Um, Could you ever imagine yourself working in London or in the UK? I'll have a gallery there, I think. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. You might be having a gallery there. Might be. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so right, how do you feel about, about all that, that as well? Because that's all a new thing for yeah, you. Yeah, so what's happening now with you? So you've got the Whitney show coming up, which is a big deal. Yeah. So what happens yeah. with like finding a gallerist and stuff? Yeah, it's, 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 it's really funny for me because like I, it's, um, I'm doing this show without a gallery. And uh, that's not usually what happens. You don't get a museum show before you get a gallery. How did you get this museum show? Um, it was uh, the both of the curators, Chris Liu and uh, Ambika Trasi, had were following my work since 2015, and um, they had been dropping by the studio every now and then. And we got along fabulously. We had a great time every time. But I wasn't really sure what was happening. Like, <laughs> so until the last time they showed up, they were like. Uh, what do you like at the end of our meeting they're just like well, how do you feel about our show but it would have to be really soon and so you know at first I had a panic attack I was like oh my god like I can't I can't make so much work in this little very little time um, but then I was like I'll do something and then I asked them if I could dance a little bit <laughs> so what like, performance are no, no, oh. like dance because I was just like, oh, I, is this really happening? Oh, right, right. Like, <laughs> in front of this, you had a little dance in front yeah, of them. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You had so they were, just like, oh, yeah, the they were just like, dance away. And that's I was like, so cute. <laughs> so just like one of your, one of your paintings. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wow. So then, so you're hoping then with the show, obviously, you're going to get representation in the States and. Yeah. Because you have representation in um, India, right? Yeah, now I do. Yes. Mm -hmm. And how was, how was your work received there? With uh, heaps of love. Really? Just, yeah, because like the, it was, uh, I was in Pakistan when that was uh, going on. I couldn't go to India because it's, uh, yeah, because I have a Pakistani background. I, it's not possible to go to India. And um, so I was across the border and the protests were happening in Delhi. And a lot of people were going from the protests to the show. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or like... Wow, yeah, so like I would see like their Instagram show. stories, and they were at the protest, and they would go to the show, that they would go back to the protests, and uh, the because wow. the dominant narrative was of uh, a lot of anxiety and hate from both sides of the border, it was just surreal to get so much support and love from the other side. Wow! Yeah. Wow! That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The other uh, question, not the other answer. Mm -hmm. The other question we yeah. ask every guest is, what is your favorite color? Green. <laughs> <laughs> green. We're currently sat in the studio <laughs> where almost every painting has green. Yeah, my hoodie is green. My paintings are green. Oh my god. And why? Like, and why green? Uh, I think it's it's just. I mean, it's going to be a cliche answer. It's very peaceful. 
<laughs> nature is it nature or yeah I, I i love nature and it's also very it's it's a twofold color for me on the one hand it's very peaceful and on the other hand it's there's something of a glamorous and uh and a poisonous invitation in green which i really like i know the word poisonous i had never thought of really and it was such an interesting thing mm. to hear you talk about well, it makes me think of absinthe yeah. it makes yes. me think of the green yeah. fairy yeah, it makes me think fairy, of old yeah. school hollywood movies right. kind of like something bet bet davies would have worn it's making right. me think of kylie minogue because yeah. she played the absinthe fairy in right. Rouge. <laughs> you love a bit of yeah. kylie <laughs> you do. well this has been um incredible we wish you all yes. the luck for the whitney how when do you open it opens on march 20th and how long is it running for until july 5th cool and will you get a publication do you think I don't think so. I don't think there's a catalogue that goes with it. Okay. Yeah. The good news is I'm going to come back and I'll get to see it. Yes, yes please do. I'm going to come back to and New York. Instagram. Instagram plays a big part in your work, right? In putting your. I yes. I don't think I would exist without Instagram. So thank you, Instagram. With the world. <laughs> yeah. What is your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is Salman so for yeah. everybody listening, we're going to post images of um, many of Salman's works mm-hmm. um, at our Instagram, which is yeah. at TalkArt, or you can follow him at Salman.Tor. And um, we will be back very soon. Thank you for inviting Thank us you into so your private you safe space. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're incredibly grateful yeah. and um, looking forward to seeing you in the Whitney. Thank you. Oh, Thank Lots you of love, me. everyone. We'll be back soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.